My goal ever since I started these, these clinics has been to get more women on bikes. And I know that when you, when you find women who are curious about biking, it just takes a little bit of push to get them to actually get on the bike if they have the bike and start riding. Uh, it helps boost their confidence when they see other women riding. So my goal has always been to encourage those women and teach them confidence on their bikes. Welcome to Trail Effect, episode 25. I am your host, Josh Blum. Trail Effect is a show that dives into the stories behind trails, the communities that embrace trails, and the people who rely on trails as a way of life. The goal of this show is to turn the stories you will hear from our guests into useful knowledge that can be applied to your community while providing some entertaining and inspirational content. Guests on Trail Effect include trail builders, board members, community leaders, volunteers, and regular people who really enjoy trails. For episode 25, we bring you Angela Brooks. Angela is a female coach and rider who may have a slight obsession with bikes. Angela is really involved in all aspects of the sport. Angela's infectious enthusiasm for mountain biking and spreading the joy for mountain biking really comes out in this interview. Support for Trail Effect comes from Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Smith's is a full-service bike shop that is a retailer for Trek Bicycle Company and Salsa Cycles. Smith's also has a full line of components and accessories from Bontrager and other various companies. For more information about Smith's Bike Shop, go to www.smithsbikes.com. A special thanks goes out to Ben Wallenach of Mountain Bike Radio for supporting this podcast and to the people who have shared their time and knowledge. Without this, we would not have these stories to tell. This podcast is an Evolution Trail Services production. For more information about Evolution Trail Services, go to www.evotrails.com. Here we are at Trail Effect this morning. I have Angela Brooks on with me. Angela is an instructor for the Wisconsin NICA program or Wisconsin Cycling, and she's also an adult instructor. And then you're also with the Trek Dirt Series. Yes. And you have Brooks Adventures. Yes. And you're the president of the Kenosha Area Mountain Bike Association. That's true, too. <laughs> so Angela's got a lot of stuff going on. And she's a mother and a wife. Yes. Yes, I the am. Most important things. <laughs> it keeps me busy. Yeah. So how are you doing this morning, Angela? I'm doing really well. Thank you. I had a great weekend uh, enjoying the beautiful weather. Finally, I went out riding. Uh, got lots of riding in on my full suspension. So life is good. I can't complain. Thank you for having me here. Oh, for sure. It's, it's a pleasure to have, to have you here and to hear your backstory and everything else. So speaking of that, let's get into your backstory and kind of how you got into this uh, awesome world of cycling or mountain biking. Sounds good. Well, I'll, uh, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, I started riding a bike when I was very young. My first bike, I, I remember it very well and have fond memories. It was a pink Huffy with a banana seat on it. And I would ride all around my neighborhood. Uh, and this is back in the 80s, right? So ride all around my neighborhood. I would stand on that banana seat like I was some circus act, you know, and it was just freedom. Having my bike was freedom. I remember then as I outgrew that, my second bike was a racing bike, or at least that's what I was told. It was a, a Schwinn or Raleigh, I don't remember, but it was red. And it had a secret quiet shifting so that when you were racing, other people wouldn't know when you were shifting, right? And so that was late 80s. 
Uh, and I would ride with my dad. We would go, I lived in Illinois at the time, and we would ride from our house in Illinois to the Wisconsin border frequently. So riding became a very important part of my life at a very young age. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. As I continued to grow and become an adult, I started working at a, well, I had many jobs, but the one job that got my biking really kind of kicked off, I worked at a day camp in the North Shore of Chicago suburbs. And they were looking for somebody, they purchased a fleet of mountain bikes for the campers. And they were looking for somebody who would be able to take these campers and teach them how to ride bikes, teach them some trail etiquette. And I was like, oh, 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 pick me, pick me. And, and they did. So here I am taking 12 to 24 kids with a couple of other uh, camp counselors. And we would take them off campus to the Des Plaines River Trail in Northern Illinois. And we would be out riding for two, two hours every day. And it was really just, I remember being so proud that I was able to take these kids. And it wasn't single track riding. We were on a gravel path, a double wide gravel, gravel path, riding and just having a great time. And I'm always, I've always been very into nature. So we would stop and eat wild raspberries. And I would talk to the kids about staying in line and making sure you're communicating, you're stopping and be prepared for horses and, and other trail riders on the, the trail, not just riders, but walkers. So that was the late 90s, early 2000s. I purchased my first mountain bike in 1999. It was a giant Eddie Bauer edition. Uh, for a while, you re may remember everything was Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer was on everything and that was the cool thing to have. So it was, um, it was a great bike. I loved it. And I rode it everywhere, but I still wasn't quite into single track riding yet. I met my husband and I love to tell people, I think the only reason, well, maybe not the only reason, but one of the reasons he fell in love with me was because I had a mountain bike. And he and I would go mountain biking and it was, um, it was great fun, but he introduced me to this new style of mountain biking. I was used to gravel paths. So he took me on my first uh, single track ride to the University of Wisconsin Parkside Trails, also known as Petrifying Springs. And this was a very narrow single track. He said, it's the best time. It's so much fun. You're going to love it because you've got this mountain bike. And I said to him, are you trying to kill me? This is a cliff. I've got two feet, not even to ride on. And I'm on a cliff that goes straight down into the Pike River and trees on my other side. Uh, it was really scary, but also so exhilarating. So we continued. We continued to ride. Well, we're still riding together, which is awesome. So then we had kids. And in 2015 or 2016, I did my first woman's mountain bike clinic. We had been visiting Ray's Indoor Mountain Bike Park in Wisconsin um, near Milwaukee. A lot of people who live in the area would be familiar with Ray's. And, uh, oh, I loved it. I got a dirt jumper. We were riding. I did a woman's clinic there. I learned to jump my bike. I learned to have just great control over my bike. And then I took that mountain bike clinic and I saw Jay Thomas is his name from Roots. I think it's Roots Mountain Biking down south in Missouri. And he introduced me to 
confidence, more confidence on my mountain bike. And I saw what he was doing with these women. And it was then and there I decided that's what I want to do. So I, that very next summer, that very next summer, I started uh, my own women's clinic. I got into the BICP with my local trail club, started a clinic. And uh, ever since then, I've continued doing clinics. And I love seeing women accomplish things on a bike that they never thought they could do. So that's kind of my backstory and a long version of it. And that, that brought me to where I am today with all of the various things that I do. So let's get into the weeds a little bit on the BICP and, and actually becoming an instructor. What was that process like or that journey? Well, as I had mentioned, I, uh, because I really enjoy teaching people to ride, I got involved with um, the BICP pretty early. As soon as I decided it was time for me to start teaching other women, I thought, okay, how am I going to do this? I saw what Jay did. It was really awesome. He told me about the BICP and, and I decided that's, that's what I need to do. That's my first step. So Jay Thomas introduced me to BICP and I found a local one. And I think it was down by Chicago. It was actually at Palos. And I did my first level one BICP there. And it it was amazing. It changed my riding style. It changed the way that I looked at riding. It gave me such confidence on the bike that um, I was I was completely hooked. So I did my first woman's clinic that year, and I said, "Well, this is not enough. I need to learn more." So it was the following year that I contacted the BICP and I said, "I need level two. Where can we do it?" And we ended up doing it at Silver Lake Park and got enough people involved at that. Within a few years, as well as all of the other things that I had started doing, I thought, you know what, I love teaching people how to ride, but I also love teaching teachers because NICA got me very involved in teaching the coaches how to coach. So I contacted the BICP and I said, hey, I've been doing all this stuff with NICA, which we'll talk about in a little bit, with my own clinics, with my private coaching. I want to teach for you guys. I don't want to just be my own teacher. I want to teach the coaches that are teaching people how to teach other people. And uh, they were really open to the idea. They let me uh, shadow a couple of their coaches and said, yeah, you, you've got it. Let's do this. And they started giving me my own classes. So that was, that was a huge confidence booster for them to have faith in my writing abilities and my teaching abilities that they trusted me to help them certify new instructors. I was over the moon with that. Yeah. So speaking of that, so yeah, so you're instructing new instructors, but obviously you get, I mean, the whole thing is you get people there. Let's go into the, let's go talk about um, some female specific and girl specific instruction, especially for new riders, people that maybe just gotten into it or wanting to get into it and what, you know, what can, what they can maybe expect so we can promote more people getting into this. Sure. So my goal ever since I started these, these clinics has been to get more women on bikes. And I know that when you, when you find women who are curious about biking, it just takes a little bit of push to get them to actually get on the bike if they have the bike and start riding. Uh, it helps boost their confidence when they see other women riding. So my goal has always been to encourage those women and teach them confidence on their bikes. 
when I'm out on the trail, if I see other women on the, on the trail, I will stop. I will stop and I will talk to them. I've met a tremendous amount of women doing this, just chatting with them, whether it's about their bike or about their clothing. I will stop and talk to them. And when women say, well, how do I get started in this? I will suggest find an instructor or find a clinic. I like the clinic, the clinic atmosphere because it's a lot of women who are at various different levels and they're all being vulnerable together. So even I am vulnerable at the clinics. I tell people all the time, whether it's the kids on NICA or at my clinics, I am not afraid to make a fool out of myself for your entertainment. (laughs) I will allow myself to be vulnerable so that they can see this stuff. Some of this is scary. Jumping off of, you know, even rolling down a one foot roll down can be scary, but you can do it if you have the right techniques. I also know that getting moms on their bikes is going to be what gets the girls on their bikes. So if you can build a mom's confidence on her bike, then she's going to encourage her daughter to get on the bike. And so it's something I focus on a lot. If I see families on the trail, I'm going to stop them. (laughs) I'm going to stop them and say, get your kid on the team. You know, obviously in a very nice way, but hey, mom, you can ride with us. You can coach on the team and your kid can ride and learn to be passionate about riding and passionate about nature. And it will be great for you and your family and for the whole world. Guys, I think, and and I, I've definitely been guilty of this. Mm-hmm. You know, say it's a boyfriend or a husband wanting to get, or even just a friend for that matter, wanting to get a new female rider onto a bike. Where are some areas that guys really screw up on <laughs> that they could do better at? That's a really great question. And it's one that I've encountered a lot. So from my own personal experience, my husband has always been a very patient Uh, teacher with me on the mountain bike. And I think a lot of that is because he's a fourth grade teacher. So he has this patience for people anyway. But what I find a lot of is men, I hate to use the very stereotypical mansplaining, very popular word right now. Men, (laughs) Men have this tendency of, they have confidence on a bike. A lot of men have confidence on the bike and a a lack of fear when it comes to trying certain things. Like they'll see a big, you know, one foot boulder and they'll roll over it because they have confidence that they can roll over it. Or if they fall, they're going to be able to catch themselves. Women have a totally different mindset in my experience, right? And I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience with women that I've worked with. They look at that one foot boulder and they go, wow, if I don't hit that right, I'm going to fall. I'm going to break something. I'm going to be out of work. I'm not going to be able to make my kids dinner or lunch. I'm not going to be able to sleep well at night. And life is going to be very difficult. And I don't know what to do. And that's not just moms. This is women in general. The first thing they always say, oh, I can't mountain bike. I'll get hurt. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to break something. So for the men, I say, be patient. If you really want your woman or your, your friend or your girlfriend or your wife to start riding, find them a women's clinic to participate in. Find them a, a, a woman instructor because a man saying, babe, go ride that one foot rock. It's going to be awesome. And she says, how do I ride it, honey? Just do it. Just like, just pedal forward and just, just ride it. It's going to be awesome. 
Yes, but how do I do it? We need the explanation. We need it broken down. We need to know that we're not going to get hurt. And so that's, I've seen this. I've seen this with my friends. I've seen this with my, um, my, my girlfriends and their husbands. And, I, and I've had to tell people, I'm like, oh, just let's break it down. Let's show them how to do it. And oftentimes I'll have men come and say, hey, I'd like to get my wife involved in this, or my girlfriend involved with this. I'll sign her up for a private lesson and I'll sit back and watch. And I have told a, a great number of men, it's great if you want to sit back and watch, but what, what would really benefit you both as a couple riding together is both of you come in, you take this lesson, because then what happens is you speak the same language. I don't want fights to happen on the trail because I'm teaching your girlfriend or your wife how to ride. And I'm saying, all right, let's get into the ready position. Let's use bike body separation side to side when you're going over this one foot rock. And then you're like, no, babe, you don't need to have level level pedals. And I I just want you to look at the base and and I want you to just kind of push the bike back and forth and just ride it. You know, if he's also in it and she says, no, my instructor said ready position, bike body side to side. He's like, yeah, you're right. She did. That's exactly what you need to do. So it's this language. It's this communication that opens up when, when people learn to ride together. I found a lot of men are like, I don't need lessons. And maybe they don't. Maybe they're a really great rider. But encouraging your woman, your significant other, to get out on a bike understanding that communication and that language while riding on the bike is is going to solve a lot of biking issues and prevent a lot of biking arguments. For sure. And you just went off, or I want to go off on a tangent for a second, because you just brought up a very good point. Okay. And that is that men think they don't need lessons. <laughs> they do. Yeah, absolutely. Last I checked, in fact, I think it's, it's, it's the founder of the BICP, Sean's March. Mm-hmm. He coaches Olympic level athletes. So in skills, not in, yeah. you know, not in physical fitness training, but skills. If Olympic level athletes are still getting coached in skills, I think all of us that occupy that average space <laughs> yeah. really benefit from skills development and coaching. I, com- I completely agree. Uh, and I'll even just go back to, m- to my own husband. He was always a phenomenal rider, a very good, very skillful. Um, not afraid to take risks on the trail. And when I told him, I said, Hey, hon, I took this BICP class. I'm, I'm so involved with NICA. It's changed the way that I ride. It's changed the way that I think about riding. You should take this BICP class. He's like, I don't know. You know, I know you've gotten really good at riding and you're speaking this language that I'm starting to understand. All right. I'll do it, you know, reluctantly. He's like, I'll do it because I wanted him to teach with me, really. And, but he told me that after he took that class and after we've been involved with NICA, that it did the same for him. It changed the way that he rides because he's thinking about it differently. I mean, something as basic as high speed cornering and thinking about, oh, outside foot down or level pedals. We teach level pedals because it's an easier, way to break it down for newer riders. But it's something that once you learn how to explain something to other people or or you learn how to do a skill well, then you think about it 
all the time. I have a really good story to tell you real quick. So this was, this was before, actually, I've been telling you lots of stories, haven't I? But this was early in my single track riding. I was out riding with a girlfriend of mine who had just gotten a new bike. I still ride with her to this day, but this was about 12 years ago now. And we went out to the Southern Kettles to ride. And it was just she and I, and we were ready to go have a great time. And this was before I had any instruction at all. And I felt confident on my bike. So we, we went out and rode alone. We're out on the trail, not more than even five minutes. And she is behind me and I'm out there cruising along, having a great time. I'm standing on my bike and she says, hey, Angela, why do you stand when you ride? And I'm like, um, I don't know. You know, I just, it's comfortable. I, I'm just, I feel like I'm ready or something. I don't know. Well, and then I hit a rock and I flipped over my bars and ended up facing her. It was kind of funny. We talk about it all the time, laugh about it. But the point of this story was before I understood why I was riding the way that I was riding, and before I had that language, I couldn't articulate and explain to her why I did the things that I did. Once I understood why I ride the way that I ride, it changed everything. I knew after I took instruction, I stand on my bike because I'm level on my bike. I have control over my bike. Um, I have pressure in my feet and I'm able to maneuver that bike under my body however I need to. It, it, it's a language, right? It's a vocabulary that we don't have when we first start riding. Most men don't have that vocabulary. So they try and teach their, their girls, their women, ride it, babe. Come on, just hit it, hit it, lift, do that. You know, no, no. Uh, anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent there too. The vocabulary helps a huge amount. Yeah, no, it, it really does. Um, let's go into your involvement with NICA and I guess NICA and the Wisconsin League in general. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts since you've gotten involved and, and how do you think it helps um, just especially kids and the youth um, getting into that program? Clearly, you can tell I, I'm very passionate about, about biking. I love to talk about biking, but NICA is something I could talk about for hours and hours. It has changed my family's life. We became involved in NICA in 2017. That's kind of when everything exploded for me. And it, it was a reluctant thing for my husband and I. I was trying to push Matt, my husband, you should really coach. You would really enjoy this. And he was not really interested. So I said, all right, I'll do it with you because it interests me also. And it's in line with what I'm trying to do anyway, getting more women and kids on bikes. So we decided to do it together. And within the first month, we were absolutely hooked. We got all of our daughters involved and it became a family event for us. We would go to practice as a family. We would ride, not necessarily together because the girls were at different levels and we were at different levels, but it was something that we looked forward to uh, all the time, every week, the whole season. And then race season started, right? Race season in, in Wisconsin is September and October. So we start our official practices in July and we practice, practice, practice until race season. And wow, it blew my mind. I couldn't, couldn't believe how incredibly fun the races were. We had been doing wars races and, and that was fun, but we're out there working our butts off racing. And um, the difference between the wars, Wisconsin Off-Road Series and NICA was night and day. 
And the reason for that is because the parents weren't out riding. The parents were out making noise for the kids. Every part of the trail course or the race course was full of parents making noise, banging bikes together, dressing up. And it was fun because we were out there supporting our children on bikes, doing something that many of us were passionate about anyway. So that was our first, that was our first uh, year with NICA. And it was something that immediately we knew this is our life. This is what we're going to do. It, uh, it made us feel like we were accomplishing something great with our kids and helping build their confidence. For me, what I decided after that was that I wanted to be much more involved with NICA. I didn't want to just be a coach. I wanted to be a head coach. I also wanted to be a trainer because what I was seeing with the kids that would join the team was remarkable. I would see these young kids come in very timid, very shy, not very confident on their bikes, and they would take a chance. They would work with us adults who were coaches, the ones who were able to teach them skills. And throughout the season, these timid children would suddenly blossom. They would, their confidence would be boosted because they were able to ride trails and, and do things on their bikes that they didn't think they could do before. Um, it's, uh, it, it was remarkable to see these quiet kids suddenly be like, hey, coach, check this out. Watch what I can do. And all of a sudden, they've got this confidence and they're talking to the other kids on on the team and on our own team that first year, the, the kids, whether they were in sixth grade or seniors in high school, would all come together because they had this mutual interest, this mutual new passion. And they would hang out together, support their teammates on the trail, whether um, whoever was racing at the time, they would get out there, they would make noises, they would put hammocks up in all the trees and just hang out. And that was really incredible for me to see, which is another reason why we were hooked so instantly. So I wanted to be a bigger part of that. It was really important for me to encourage other coaches to, or other parents to encourage more kids on bikes and, and watch this, this confidence happen with kids. So I talked to Kathy Mock and to Mike McGarry, who are our league director and our coach supporter. Uh, director here in Wisconsin. And I said, I want to do what you guys are doing. I want to coach the coaches. How can I do that? I have my BICP level one already. Uh, I, I think I may have had level two at that time. And uh, I'm really interested in helping you guys make this bigger in Wisconsin. And similar to how the BICP was, uh, Kathy and Mike took a chance. And they saw what I was doing with my, my women's clinics. And they took a chance and gave me this role as coach supporter trainer, which was awesome. So I'm out there teaching other coaches how to be enthusiastic. Not just that there are a lot of them are already enthusiastic about this, but how to teach coaches or other kids, excuse me. I'm out there teaching coaches how to teach kids how to ride bikes confidently. And, and, and in turn, they're learning how to ride their bikes even more confidently than they were. So that, that brought me great reward. What's really amazing to see is, I mentioned the confidence that these kids gain. Thinking about girls specifically, because as you know, my theme is getting more women and girls and kids on bike, but really 
it's a male dominated field, right? It's a, a male dominated sport. And so girls often become intimidated. They think they have to stick to the cheerleading or, or to the girls sports. And they think mountain biking isn't for them. I have three daughters and we've been teaching our daughters to ride since they were very young. It was because it's our passion. We, what do you guys want to do today? Let's go ride a bike. Okay. So my oldest daughter, well, all three of them were on the team that first year. I had mentioned that already. And uh, they all, all of their confidence was boosted. But because it's male dominated, we encouraged them to ride as hard as they could, keep up with the boys, but ride, ride at your level and really enjoy it. My, uh, my oldest daughter, Alexis, was one of those timid girls at first, not sure she had the skills to be able to ride. And over that first and second season, she became really good to the point where she was on the podium almost every time. And that was incredible to see because she knew, one, that she could hang with the boys. Two, she could hang out with the boys and the girls sharing this passion. And that just because you mostly see boys on the mountain bike trail doesn't mean that girls can't get out there too. So I'm, I'm quite proud of Alexis. I'm proud of all of my girls, but I want to share with you. I think that being in that male dominated sport and building the confidence that she did during that time, riding hard, putting in the effort, pushing herself and getting on the podium really helped to guide her to where she is now. So I'm going to brag a little bit about my oldest daughter. I'm very proud of all of my girls. Um, but my oldest daughter just recently left the house. She's uh, 19 now. She graduated from high school and decided for a variety of reasons that the Navy was the direction she wanted to go. So she enlisted in the Navy as a Navy nuclear engineer. And she knew going into this that the ratio of men to women was 40 to 1. And I asked her if she was nervous about that. And she said, no, not really. Um, she's able to get along really well with, with men, young men, boys. Uh, and she knew that this was within her comfort zone. And I think part of that was because of mountain biking. Frankly, uh, she was always surrounded by a lot of boys and young men in mountain biking. And so she knew with that confidence that she would be able to do this, this male dominated field. So now she uh, applied for officer school and she got accepted one in, let's see, she's one of 50, I think out of 300 who applied. Anyway, it, it's pretty awesome. And I talk to her a lot about it still because it's a male dominated field and she is a woman and she doesn't have any concerns about being a woman in this Field. And I think it's pretty incredible. And I do attribute a lot of that to her experience and her time with NICA in mountain biking. So that's my little side story about my daughter. But it just goes to show that, that girls who get involved with this and start to learn to be confident on the bike and confident around men can really, they can do great things. Women too. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So let's talk about grit grit because that's a good that's a good transition into grit specifically and how it you know why it was like what it does it's it's part of the NECA program but but girl specific yes yeah grit is very exciting 
so GRIT stands for Girls Riding Together. It was an initiative that NICA started, I believe, in 2018 with five leagues participating. I don't know a whole lot more than that um, as far as the national goes, but the goal is 33% girls on bikes. And I think nationally we're in the low 20s. Here in Wisconsin, we're, we were last year just a bit higher, or maybe it was 2019, just a bit higher than the national. But I think we're at 23% girls um, on bikes here in Wisconsin. So it's exciting because what we get to do is we get to bring women together. And I think I've already conveyed the point that when women ride together, they have a different type of fun, a lot of fun. They learn differently. So Kathy had asked me if that would be something I would like to to run here in Wisconsin based on some of the other things that I've already been doing. And I was excited and honored that she would ask me. So one of the things that I'm going to get going, I already have it planned actually, is a woman-specific grit coach and grit athlete uh, camp. It's going to be in mid-May. And we're going to start by getting all of the women coaches, because as I had mentioned already, if you get the moms on their bikes, the daughters will follow, right? I'm a firm believer. So I've got this really great coach clinic planned where we will do uh, skills clinics and fun activities, talk about ways to recruit girls, talk about ways to boost confidence for girls on the trails um, and on their bikes. And I'm really excited about it. On top of that, we have uh, girl or grit rides at all of the races. I want to do some grit uh, try it outs for girls who are not sure they want to come try it, but they don't want the the judgment, I guess. Uh, No, that's not the right word. They they don't want to be embarrassed in front of boys. A lot of girls really care about what the boys think. So they want to get on their bike and they don't want to have to worry about boys watching them. So it's just an opportunity to get the girls out on the bikes, try it out, see if they can do it, build their confidence and have a lot of fun. Let's move on to, um, you're also, you have a lot of roles. I do. <laughs> At one point in my life, I had a lot of roles as well. So I understand that whole <laughs> logic. <laughs> it's which. And all the roles, they're all, they're all about biking, Yeah, you know, so it's consistent. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about the Trek Dirt Series. That's something that you're new in, or the new, the um, new for you, and what, what the Trek Dirt Series is, and maybe what you're going to be providing with the Trek Dirt Series. I am so, so very excited. It, it's like everything that I've been working on for the last five years has led to this. I love teaching the teachers. I love teaching the coaches. I always tell people, I coach the coaches that coach coaches how to coach other coaches. That's my passion, <laughs> teaching teachers how to teach other teachers. Okay, so it, it was just kind of happenstance. They were looking for me. I was looking for them, and it worked out perfectly. So what I'm going to be doing for Dirt Series is supporting their management in the training and development um, part of their business and helping them expand across the United States. Dirt Series has been around. So this is the Trek Dirt Series. It's sponsored by Trek. They've been around for 20 years. They're in Canada and the United States. And they do fantastic clinics, but a lot of it's on the West Coast right now. So I'm so excited. I'm leaving in two weeks to go to Moab to start working with them. And uh, 
I'm going to be helping with their training, training and development for Canada and the U.S. And I'm going to slowly be bringing them from the West Coast to the East Coast to the South. And I, I could not be more excited about this. It's an amazing opportunity. And I'm going to have so much fun. <laughs> Well, hopefully you get to stop in the middle of the country too, maybe uh, near the Trek headquarters. Yes, yes, that's that's my goal. Let's let's just expand this everywhere. It's going to be so much fun. It would make a it would make a lot of sense to do that at the farm. Yes, I agree. I, I think in the past they have done a, a couple of clinics at, at Waterloo um, or in Waterloo. I'm I just haven't. I know some people. Actually, Kathy told me she took one there, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So one of your other roles is Brooks Adventures. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Brooks Adventures and what Brooks Adventures is and what you do. Okay. Uh, Brooks Adventures is something my husband and I decided to start. We are um, also big fat bikers. He, uh, he tried to get me started years ago, but I thought fat biking was stupid. Uh, because why do I need another bike? And I didn't like snow and I didn't want to ride in the cold. And then I tried it and then I was hooked <laughs> and I had to get my own fat bike. Okay. So anyway, we, uh, we fat bike. Our local trail system has groomed trails. So we thought, okay, I have the certification to teach people. Uh, people want to ride fat bikes. People can't afford to buy lots and lots of different bikes. So let's create an opportunity for people to, one, use fat bikes out on the trails. Let's buy some fat bikes and rent them out because we live a mile from the trail. So that was our first step. We bought a bunch of fat bikes and we just kind of advertised. We've got fat bikes. We also have instruction. You want to learn to ride your fat bike in the snow? Let us help you. You want to learn to ride your full suspension in the summer? That's what we do. It, it was it actually fit really well because it helped us it helped me put a blanket over this woman on wheels mountain bike clinic that I've been doing for every year. So now Brooks Adventures runs the woman on wheels mountain bike clinics and we can do multiples, but we can also do jump and drop clinics for co-ed for men, women and kids that want to do it. Uh, we can do fat bike clinics like a fat bike 101. And if you don't have a fat bike, well, we've got them for you. Uh, and so it's just, it's been a lot of fun. My husband and I absolutely love teaching together. It's uh, it, it's something that we've been doing with Ninja, the Ninja Mountain Bike Clinics, and we absolutely love to do it. So um, last year was the first year that he helped me with the Women on Wheels Clinic because he was he was certified. And so he he helped teach the women how to ride along with my very good friend, Heather Rayner. She helped me too. She's been helping me for many years. And so we just had a lot of fun doing this women's clinic, helping people. And then, um, like I said, the other things that we do are jumping and dropping, uh, basic skills, fat biking. We've also partnered up with a local bike shop. So we do some rides, social rides for them. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's biking. Biking. Everything biking is awesome. Oh, it is. So let's bring this full circle. Okay. One of the things we couldn't do as a mountain biker is ride without trails. This is true. And you just mentioned you live a mile from the trails. Mm-hmm. And you're the president of your local trail organization. I am. Let's talk about that. Okay. 
when my passion was on fire, which it still is, I started getting into everything, obviously, everything mountain biking. So several years ago, I got involved with our local trail club. And it was it was pretty cool because I had never thought about the trails before. I'm like, oh, trails are there. That's cool. How did they get there? Never thought about it. Who takes care of them? Nope. Never thought about that either. It didn't matter. I just wanted to ride. Never thought about whether it was good to ride in the rain or whether it was good to ride in the mud. <laughs> you know, it's just not something a lot of new mountain bikers think about at all. So once I became involved with everything else and then became involved with the trail club, I realized the importance of giving back to the trails and how much work goes into these trails, not just physical getting out there and maintaining and digging and building, but also work that goes into working with land managers and making sure that the trails are safe for people to ride. So CAMBA, Kenosha Area Mountain Bike Association, was started after the previous uh, trail club dissolved. And uh, it was started with me, between me and Dave Bender, who is a head coach here in Wisconsin. He actually started the team that I'm on. And he and I decided, all right, we're going to do this. It's going to be the Kenosha Area Mountain Bike Association. We're going to help Kenosha and help Silver Lake Trails become bigger and better than they already were. And we're going to help educate people as well as be completely transparent with everything that we do on the trails. So that's, that's where it's at. Um, he, he just retired from presidency last year because he's really involved in the team stuff and didn't have the time. And uh, it was actually mutually agreed that he would be president first and then I would take over after he was done. And, and that's where where I am now. In fact, we have a meeting tonight that I have to get prepared for. But it's, um, it's one of those things that if you're a new mountain biker, I know that you're not thinking about trail etiquette. And I know you're not thinking about who builds the trails. Um, you see all these cool things on the trails. But as a president of a trail club, I have to put this out there. Look up your local trail club for the trails that you ride at. Find out information about them. We are always looking for volunteers who are interested in getting dirty, not just on the bike, but also getting out there on the trails and helping create and build and maintain these trails because it does take a lot of work. Also, you as a rider can help educate people on trail etiquette. You know, how to, how to ride or when to ride, we'll say. Do we ride on freshly groomed snow trails? Eh, not really. There's a lot of etiquette. So look up your local trail club, whether it's Kenosha Area Mountain Bike or what there's Canva way up north, right? Shawamagon Area Mountain Bike Association. Uh, what's your what's yours? The one on the cross is it, it was originally human powered trails back in the early 2000s. And then around 2011, we transitioned into the Outdoor Recreation Alliance. OK. And so that's um, that's what we are now is otherwise known as Aura Trails. Aura, okay. You know, so we do, we try to be everything, all trails, not just mountain biking. And that was kind of, that was the purpose of that transition. Yeah. We, there's a really big trail runner presence here in La Crosse. And then obviously hiking is a thing. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a thing too. Camba and like yourself, Camba has to work with other clubs that are not just mountain biking. Uh, so it's important. It's important to find that information out. 
I know there's trail clubs everywhere, whether you're in Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Canada, wherever you're at, New York, there's a trail club. Find out about them, check them out, reach out to them and help, help where you can. Yeah. So before we wrap this thing up, one of the big things that I, well, one of the main reasons why I started this podcast is really to dig into communities. And a lot of people look at trails as a, as a tourism based thing. I can speak for lacrosse and I'm sure you can speak for Kenosha. You know, we don't necessarily look at it as a tourism thing here. It's a good byproduct. But how has it helped your community in terms of just the quality of life for the residents that are there or attracting new residents? The trails, that is. Yeah. We, so Silver Lake Park is the park that I live a mile from. And I'll start very basically. My husband and I were riding there so frequently that we said, why don't we live closer? So we started looking for property closer to the trails that we ride at the most, and we bought property. We moved from Illinois to Wisconsin based on the trails. So that's one one way to look at it, right? Now, maybe we're a little obsessive about it. It could be. But um, what the trails do is it brings together this community of people. We have people from, from Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison. And even we get people occasionally from Michigan who come to our trails at Silver Lake Park. So that's, that's one part of it. it. It's really amazing. I spend a lot of my time at the Silver Lake Park trails. We, we have a new trail system that's coming on board. It's the one that I first started riding at um, the Peps trails, but it hasn't been legal. And now it's coming into the Canva Association and it's going to be new legal trails for us. But it brings people far and wide to ride. I know people from Chicago because of mountain biking, not because I lived there, not because I went to school in that area. I know them because of mountain biking, whether it's their bike that I recognize, their helmet, or just them themselves. uh, I know people because of mountain biking. It's brought a group of women, the women that I ride with every weekend when the weather is good, together and we share. Mountain biking is one thing, but we also do a great deal of other things together. Um, So the trails bring together a community of people who are passionate about nature, passionate about riding, passionate about their excitement on a bike. Maybe they ride for health. Maybe they ride just because it's fun. That's what it does. Yeah. So in closing, is there any supporters that you'd like to speak about that are helping you do what you do or anything else that we may have missed? Oh my. Well, I'm super excited about the Dirt Series, Trek Dirt Series. They've just opened up their uh, registration. I think some of them have already sold out, but you can go to the Trek Dirt Series website and look for clinics uh, in the areas, mostly out west, up in Canada. Uh, NICA has been a huge impact on me and my family and my life. The BICP offers a great opportunity who are interested in doing more than just riding, who are interested in getting people out on bikes, become an instructor. It's, it's relatively easy to do. You just need passion and some skills on your bike, and it will allow you to do things that you didn't think you could do before, honestly, not just on the bike, but also teaching. Um, Zion Cyclery is the company, the the bicycle shop that we have partnered with there in Illinois. My husband's been shopping there since he was eight years old and I've been shopping there for 20 years. 
And they also have taken a chance with Brooks Adventures. And so now we've partnered up and are having a great time together. And other than that, I mean, those are the people that have gotten me where I'm at. I, it's awesome. I'm just over the moon with what mountain biking has done for my life and my family. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can speak to that as well. The people that have, I mean, it's, I I feel the same way and I know a lot of other people that feel that way also. So, well, thank you very much. This has been great to get your perspective on all of this, especially the women specific stuff. Um, It's a, it's a part that we need to continue to push within the industry and within the activities to get, to get more girls and women on bikes, you know? Yeah. I'll leave with one last thing. If you are listening to this and you have a daughter who is interested in biking, find your local NICA team. Find out where they are and how you can become involved because it it will make a huge difference. It, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Everything biking is awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it is. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Angela. Thank you. This was fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for listening. Links for the various topics discussed in the show can be found in the show notes. If you like what you've heard, please take the time to share these shows with others. Sharing these shows will help create awareness of both the guests who have taken the time to be on the show and the podcast series itself. This podcast has been made possible by Mountain Bike Radio, Smith's Bike Shop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and is an Evolution Trail Services production. If you have ideas on future communities or people to feature on Trail Effect, please don't hesitate to reach out by emailing evolutiontrails at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. 